superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. All right, Mike, you did some fine work once again, cheering quarterbacks. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I don't know how Jalen Hurts after last year doesn't get tier one status. First year he was in it, he was 30th, then he was 20th, and now he's sixth. I don't think there's any disrespect in being at the top of Tier 2. You had a great year. Earlier on the show, MLB host and content creator, John Boy. Coming up, Fox Sports college football analyst, Bruce Feldman. Host of Discovery's Survive the Raft, Nate Boyer. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air, live from Los Angeles, California. Once upon a time, Pac-12 country. It is now Big Ten country, and that is one of the things we are going to be talking about at length with our in-studio guest who's helping us kick off hour number two right here on the Roku channel, this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate series, XM Odyssey, our podcast, and more. We're thrilled to have back here from the Athletic and Fox Sports, none other than Bruce Feldman. Good to see you, Bruce. Good to see you. Your your media uh, week tours are over. You, where did you, which media tours did you uh, I had visit personally? started out with Big 12 in okay. Dallas, and then went Mountain West, Pac-12, and then Big 10 last week. Couldn't squeeze them all in. Okay. But uh, it, it, I always get something out of it. It's good to see old, familiar faces, but it's also really good to kind of get dialed in more on some players maybe you don't know a lot about or some coaches you haven't talked to in the off season. And it's just been so much drama off the field unrelated yes. to actually the actual games. I just want to hear about, you know, football and the actual games as opposed to all the other speculation and the Well, that's coming. Stuff. It's coming. It seems, you know, there's a, a new annual cycle here for college football with transfer portals and signing periods and and how you know when coaches may get fired and when when players may transfer it seems that there we're we're in the portion of the year the summer is always filled with realignment talk is pretty it, much what it is now right it is and there's always like one coaching curveball and this year's was at uh in the Big 10 with Pat Fitzgerald and I think it was a big curveball to a lot of folks but that and that story's still playing out but I think you you get a lot it used to be that you know, once the NFL could go 365 days a year with free agency and, and, and all sorts of things, never mind just the draft, mm -hmm. college wasn't that way. But in the last like five years, college has become almost, I don't want to say almost like that, but there's yeah. just a lot of stuff going on to, to deal with. Well, we may have a free agency period in college football one day. I mean, yeah. it may actually happen, Bruce. I, I think so. Now, look, it's, it's kind of 
gets to the nonsense part when you start getting Congress to weigh in. And <laughs> there's just a lot of stupidity that swirls around the sport. But I definitely think some of those things are going to get addressed sooner than later. All right. So let's take it one at a time here. You mentioned Northwestern. The what 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 is what was the conversation at the Big Ten Media Week surrounding Northwestern and what where this is all heading, do you think? Behind the scenes, I think it was different than probably what was being had because I think a lot of people looked at it. Nobody looks good at with what's gone on at Northwestern. And when I say nobody, I mean the school looks terrible. They've had other scandals. Volleyball, they have a scandal going on with the baseball program. The AD, who's a relatively new AD, was on vacation when all this happened. The president, who's also a new president there, had come from Oregon. He does not, I think he looks like he's botched this all over the place. And then you have Pat Fitzgerald, who was, you know, had been had been the head of the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association, was one of the most respected figures in the coaching profession. Um, also a guy that a lot of a lot of us in the media really feel like, okay, you, you know, we think Pat Fitzgerald, he's accessible, does things the right way. And then when you start to hear some of these details, I think it, you know, you kind of realize it's like, okay, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes at, at, at anywhere, unless you're actually behind the scenes with them. And I think it's hard to know exactly what to believe right now because there's a lot of allegations. There's a lot of people coming forth. There's a lot of lawsuits coming out. I think, it, you know, coaches, even coaches who, who have great respect for Pat Fitzgerald, I think they would have a hard time believing you don't know what's going on at all in your own locker room, especially if it's been going on for that long. Some of the, some of the weird, creepy stuff of these like naked car wash kind of things go beyond... I think the realm of like, okay, that's that's kind of team initiation and team <laughs> bonding to like, okay, that's weird. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. And so So then how do you keep the staff basically intact to run the ship and bring in Skip Holtz to to help, you know, the, to help, help the, out. the new head coach, interim head coach, who is like really new to the staff, the new defensive coordinator. Right. I don't know. I, I right now I feel like Northwestern is making one stupid move after another along the way here. And you know, look, let's be honest. This was a terrible team last year. They won one game. They've been really, really bad. You know, almost they had one good season out of the last four. The other three have been horrific. So I don't think anyone looks at the expectations like, oh, even if Pat Fitzgerald was there, I think people thought it was still probably a two or three win team right. this year. But that doesn't mean, okay, we're just going to like, you know, punt on the players and everything else is going on. I suspect you know, now they've just commissioned another, and there's been no transparency by, by the way. On well, cause they're a private institution. Private school. Right. Um, it's, it's just a, like I said, nobody looks good in it. And I think in the long term, I suspect they're going to have to clean house entirely from this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Pat Fitzgerald got a big settlement going forward, but I don't know how it's going to look for him. You know, I don't think anybody, I, I would imagine he does not want to get deposed under oath you know, with this either, because mm. there's just so many people coming out of the woodwork and it feels like some of these issues predate him as the head coach at Northwestern. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's talk about um, my my team, my guy, because it just seems that everybody's, a, I, I, Jim's a magnet. Um, let's start with what's going on with the NCAA. What, 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 
I feel like that's the easier part to handle. Okay, so, so great. We're expecting a four-game suspension. At one point, you know, when I had talked to folks into the winter, they thought there was a chance it could be six games because I think that's what the— Because the, he denied buying the hamburgers for these I think kids? it was because they felt like whether he lied or misled to the NCAA, however the NCAA's, you know, view of this, that is—this is the example of the—it's the, it's more the cover-up than the crime kind of thing. And— you know, it's coming off the heels, not connected to, but where Tennessee got a heavy fine. Tennessee had massive sheet cheating going on mm -hmm. on um, Jeremy Pruitt's watch. Now, Jeremy Pruitt was was a terrible coach and lost a ton of games, so they were they wanted to get rid of him anyway and try to get out of their buyouts. So they were they were really forthcoming under that, and the NCAA likes when you come forward. The NCAA hated that Mike Garrett and USC kind of thumbed their noses at the NCAA back in the Reggie Bush days. And so I think the fact that, oh, you weren't forthcoming and just kind of hat in hand, as as the way it's been described to me, that that's, that's where this kind of falls in. Now, as you know, mm -hmm. their first four games are against really weak opponents. And it's not like he's suspended for the first four weeks of the season. He's suspended for the first four games, meaning you know, Jim Harbaugh can still – lead the team, you know, essentially out outside of game day so he can get them prepared. And, and so what, what, what is this accomplishing? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, again, um, we well, have, to, I, I think, it's, know, look, I understand if you have committed a violation and they ask you a question and you're, you're like making them feel stupid, they're going to, they're going to come down hard on you. I understand that. But, uh, and, and I, I fully understand how this question is going to be viewed with NIL and everything else going on. Like really the, Two kids come on campus. He hears that they're there. He goes and buys them hamburgers. Well, I think there was other things. Was it was during the COVID dead period? You have um, Arizona State is dealing with. There's right. other schools who are dealing with, you know, sizable NCA clouds over them because of right. the dead period. So I think it's more than just the one thing. Is it? Is it? Oh my God! This is the worst thing in the world. No. Um, but again, no one, no one has ever said the NCA system of justice makes a lot of sense. It's totally backwards. Um, well, they're, they're, they're completely ineffectual on this NIL front right now. I mean, completely ineffectual. We're, we're seeing, uh, Greg Sankey at the SEC, um, uh, media week, he kicked it off by basically saying, Hey, Congress, you've got to step in Congress. And, I mean, well, but, and then, and then it's, it seemed like, you know, three different, um, groups of senators and yeah, but it's and, a clown and represent, show. I mean, That's what I'm saying. So, you know, you so know, Tommy Tuberville, you know, the former Auburn and Ole Miss head coach, is talking about now that you know the legislation was bipartisan. I think with Joe Manchin from West Virginia, where they were going to, um, they had their own kind of viewpoints on this. But it was also you'd have to be three years at the school. Tommy Tuberville actually wasn't at Texas Tech for three full years. He bailed on you know, uh, Texas Tech's. Uh, football program in the middle of an actual recruiting dinner like in the middle of the dinner he bolted to go jump at the job at Cincinnati he was not even there for three full years um, I, you know so again for anybody to say oh Congress help us out I mean really we need you know we're going to go to people who are you know as dysfunctional as you can get I mean that's that's the uh, lifeline we're looking for that's what I was saying here. That it makes no it makes no sense to me. The thing that makes complete sense is for the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big Twelve, and then name two other, if you will, power conferences, well, and we'll yeah, get to the yeah. Pac-12 in a second here, and uh, come up with a group of institutions that have 
you know, remotely similar issues I, I and, and questions about NIL. And then maybe underneath the construct of the college football playoff system, create a new Super League where NIL is handled in a manner that is commensurate to the players' needs and and rights and also for schools that offer scholarships to the kids that they feel that they're going to get some sort of certainty out of their stay staying at the the uh the school and off we go and then that's the way it's going to go you can't reach out to, as you point out to an institution that is, is that makes the NCAA look well run you know? know I agree with that but I think the part they'd have to get to, to be realistic, please. So NIL is right now so tied to the transfer portal. And so I did a big story with my colleague, Max Olson, uh, a couple of months ago about how much tampering goes on. And a lot of it goes on where, you know, the body that you would be talking about, which is really the power conferences, it's all, you know, there was one example, you know, and it's, there's a lot of these that go on where it is the big school basically sees somebody who maybe was on their radar, but they never offered or didn't get, or maybe they just found pro football focus has all these behind the paywall database information that you could find and go, Oh, this guy's a guy we may want to take a look at. So you pop his film on and like, this guy could help us on the offensive line. This guy could help us as defensive back. And then all of a sudden these conversations happen. Now, some of them happen with like power school in, in the sec to bottom feeder school in the sec. And that's, you know, that there's, you know, the expression, there's no honor among thieves, but I think the, the thing that a lot of people have a big problem with is the poaching is going on. And I think if you just had the power schools saying, okay, this is how we're all on the honor system. Now they're not going to really hold to it anyway, but it's different than if you had maybe, I don't know where you draw the line because people are still pulling guys out of FCS football. No, and I and I understand and, that, Bruce, and you could say sit here and say, you know, holding the line. Well, yeah, if you have a smaller group of member schools and then you have a commissioner who actually will do something and sanction somebody and have teeth to it and and the schools respect that governing body then you won't have a a, a coach they, saying you know uh, you, you, but they you know, have that in the let's use your example of the SEC you know they, they have that with Sankey they already? have Greg Sankey yet the, the poaching still goes on like I we did this story like I said a couple of months ago I got a call it was left on my voicemail from a coach I know, not that well, but a coach, you know, as an assistant coach. It was a two-minute voicemail telling me a story of how one of their better players, not their best player, but one of their better players basically got poached where the um, the player came into the coach's office the day after the regular season had ended and said, um, I have an offer from such and such. It was for six figures, relatively those six figures, but still six figures. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the assistant was like, wait a minute. Um, you think it's legit? He goes, yeah, I think it's a legit guy. He goes, well, then you should take it because if they're offering that kind of money and they're not going to be able to pay it, you know, it's like, and that happened within his, within Greg Sankey's league. The day after the regular season. The day after this team's regular season ended. You're saying, so this is, you, I could see the look on your face over there. Didn't so. his brother say he was offered a million and a half? 1.5, yeah. Look, and I don't, there's a, there's another quarterback who did transfer who I was told was offered even more than that by some SEC schools and didn't go to those SEC schools. Hey, we all know at some point some kid is going to stay in college 
because he's going to make more money than what he's going to make in the first, There's, the Rich, first there, year. That's of the happening NFL now draft. because in the NFL. What, I mean, the one thing, yeah. and this came up in our story as well, where you have some agents who will say before they would go, hey, come out, you know, like maybe you'll be a fourth round pick. You get ready, you know, you'll go higher than people think. Now these agents will tell the player, we'll try to get them to transfer because they know they get a much higher commission. They can get 15 or 20% of the commission of the NIL deal that that player may get in the transfer portal than what they may get as an undrafted free agent or a sixth or seventh round pick. They're not getting 15 or 20% of that. Do we know, did Sam Hartman get a big deal to go from Wake Forest to Notre Dame? Do we know about that at all? I don't think he got anywhere near as big a deal, I don't think, as he would have gotten if he went to some other schools. Now, he's he's definitely um, getting taken care of from Notre Dame's NIL uh, collective, collective. they're being called now. Yeah, and I know they've, you know, they've tried to do that with a bunch of other, you know, Notre Dame athletes who who were. I don't think they were transfers. I just think they're part of the program. I my understanding is he probably could have gotten a lot more from some other places. By the way, uh, I, I got to shoot everyone straight here. I don't have a problem with this. Oh, I don't have a problem with I, it either. I, I, honestly, yeah. like, because you point out Tommy Turberville is just like, I'm out of here. I'm These leaving guys in have the all made fortunes off of college athletes. Yeah. And I'm not saying college athletes got nothing, but they are working. I don't think the average yeah. person realizes how much this. time and effort the, is spent to the, do what they do. The problem I have with it is, is that offers are being made to the kids by people who either don't mean it don't have it and don't care if their word means nothing six months later because they could be gone. That's the only that's the that's the issue I have is there's no protection for the kids who are being offered this stuff, you know, and and it is just shocking for the way, you know, college athletics, certainly in football, has been run and policed, Bruce, over the last few years to hear. Day after SEC regular season ends, kid goes into his you know his position coach's office and say, "I got a I got a six figure deal on the table from somebody else in this conference, so either match it or I'm out of here." Right? You know, like that. It's we had Sonny Dykes on the other day for TCU. He says kids come in his office and say, "I'll come to your school if you match the offer I got from somewhere else." And it's it's kind of wild to hear that. My issue is who's there to make sure the offer is legit and actually is going to get paid and backed up. And these kids suddenly wind up going to third, fourth, fifth school. Maybe don't go to the pros. Maybe it does yeah. hurt them that they're not being an undrafted free agent, although not financially. But I, when you know. you're talking about high school kids, we did a big story on Jaden Rashada. He was a hyped high school recruit from Northern California. He was getting shopped around, had an NIL agent, like a full on, full-blown agent who was shopping him around. This guy is a lawyer in Southern California. And he ended up getting an offer for a lot of money, you know, somewhere around 12, $13 million for, from the University of Florida and its previous collective. And some of these collectives change and go, you know, morph and, and go away and everything. And this, I, I don't think a lot of the NIL deals that high school kids are getting or some of transfers are getting, this is not like, you know, you, you see the transaction wire, you see pro sports, you know, the deal A-Rod once got, I think, from the Texas. Or, you know, it's like those deals, um, those are legit deals. These other ones, 
you know, you feel like it's written on a bar napkin that, you know, and so I think that's a problem. A lot of people have of, of transfers and and high school recruits getting offered stuff. And then it, because what I think really happens is some of these agents are really trying to reset the market because it's not like, you know, you can go and find out like I, from what I understand with the NFL side, you know, there's, you know, what other people are getting a lot of, there's a lot more transparency Yes, in college. There isn't anywhere like this. It's not like we can FOIA all these numbers. Initially, there was a college coach who told me, well, you should be able to, you know, they talk to their compliance people. And I think this school was operating NIL in a much more modest way than most other places were doing it. But they were like, yeah, you know, at the end of the year, you'll be able to FOIA all this and find out who's getting paid what. It's not working like that. No Freedom of Information Act help right there. All right. So uh, before we take a break and then talk uh, on the other side a little bit more football, um, Chris, do me a favor. Look up how much Bryce Young is making this year for the Carolina Panthers. Do me that favor. Because I don't have that information. It's all slotted now, as we know, and then the salary cap changes and things of that nature. Bryce Young is making... It's a four-year, $38 million. Okay, do we know how much this year is? His signing bonus is 24.6. Okay. How much money is Caleb Williams going to make at USC this year? Your best estimate. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was somewhere between 5 and $10 million. Now he's so got not a there. lot so not. of deals. He won the Heisman. He's a very high profile guy. I don't know that for a fact at all. I'm talking about like he's got some big legit places who are backing him sure. endorsement wise with the the idea that okay he's going to be. And I actually think if if Caleb could have been in this draft, he goes number one. No, there's no and and so. of that there is no doubt. Um, so trust me, I'm very happy that USC joins the Big Ten. After Caleb Williams is out, yeah. Um, yeah. So you, I'm, I'm actually uh, a million percent uh, um, happy about that. But we're just not there yet, where a kid is going to be making more to stay put one extra year in college than not where on the he's front end. Be. Not if he's that caliber, right? But I think there, like I said, there are guys who are going to probably make more nil wise. You know, you could have then what they'll make. Two years from now in their first season in the NFL. Yeah, and I don't I don't think this is the perfect example, but there could be a guy, and we'll use Blake Corm as an example. Sure. Where he plays a position where he's probably even if he was a hundred percent didn't have the injury he just had, where he's probably not gonna be the Bijan you know, and go that high in the draft. Yes. Whereas if he's at a school where he is more the even more the marquee guy, I could see him getting not quite Caleb money because again, I think some of that is going into long range. This is what we see. This isn't necessarily the USC collective doing this. This is I think Caleb's marketing team has like there's a bunch of places, and I would use the, there's another quarterback in town who is not a star quarterback but is a super smart kid who has like 29 NIL deals and is Chase Griffin. Who will? Who's not even one of the top three quarterbacks at UCLA, but he's really smart and he has he has learned how to leverage and and I think a lot of like he'll be successful at whatever he does. He's not a you know he's on scholarship, but there are certain guys who are like okay, it's on you. You know you're here. You leverage what you've got. You're in Los Angeles. You can do this. I think there will be some some kids who will be able to do that in a smaller market team area where it's a passionate fan base. It wouldn't surprise me if an Ohio State player hmm. could do that because you know how big of a deal it oh, is oh, in the no, state of Ohio. No, no, no. I thought 
when you said that there's a, a, a quarterback in this town that's making more money off of NIL than their contract. I thought you meant Max Duggan or, or Stetson Bennett. Since they're both I mean, if Stetson had stayed, I mean, he was a fifth or sixth round pick. You know, he couldn't have stayed. He's like 30 years old. You he know, might but. start a game for the Rams this year. It's entirely possible. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask if the Pac-12 is disintegrating before our very eyes. And then again, uh, you, you spoke to Jim Harbaugh. And in a conversation, he said, uh, we're, you know, aiming to not only be better than Georgia, but we're going to beat them in terms of how many picks we sent to the NFL. That's Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and Fox Sports in studio. When we come back, more on this front. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, we're back here on the show, Roku uh, only, and our radio audience will return shortly. Um, Bruce Feldman back here on the program. Um, best media week food delivered to the press was which conference? Uh, oof. Good question. Thank you. No, I don't know. Oh, because you don't, I, you don't, you don't, you don't put on the feedback. You're one no, of the rare I mean, members of the media that doesn't eat the food. I'm going to give some love to the Mountain West. <sighs> I, I okay. It was in. Was the, it bison on the menu? Is it? It was not. No, it was like it was. In, it burgers. was in a Vegas casino. What's the Vegas casino that you have to be twenty one and older? Circa all of them? No, no, no. Like they don't allow kids in the in the oh. complex. Oh, okay. Like oh. okay. So that's where this was. That was where that was. So the players needed permission to appear. Not only that, there was a couple teams who couldn't send some of their best players because they weren't twenty one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I figured that would hit a nerve. So these players couldn't appear at the Mountain West <laughs> Media Day because it was held in a casino that doesn't allow under twenty one. Under twenty one. Yeah. Okay. So you, but they serve good food. I thought. I thought so. I don't know. All the food's kind of the same. It's fine. You know, there's a big to do over what Michigan is uh, serving their recruits. Did you see that? It was like chicken fingers, stuff like that. I think they're all serving the same food. No, I don't know. Susie's like, what's going on with your school? You know, she sent me like this uh, this photograph. It's like chicken fingers and a hot dog. It's like thing, something no. that my eight year old would love to have. So when I, I I did my big recruiting book meat market a long time ago, two thousand six or so, and yeah. they're in Oxford, Mississippi, and the head coach's right hand man was like, "We have you know some really good restaurants. A lot of the recruits do not like that they were bringing. Do not like fancy steaks. No, that's like it's they don't want that. Okay." And so you're, okay. <laughs> they're not recruiting you. They're not recruiting you. They're not recruiting me. They're recruiting 17 year olds. Yeah. Back 17 here. From different, you know, from different places. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. 
call clickranger.com or just stop by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and Fox Sports here on The Rich Eisen Show. What is uh, the scoop with the Pac-12 right now? Are they, is it disintegrating before our very eyes, do you think? Uh, it is dwindling. I think we'll see what Arizona does. I think the thing, so there's, so the big issue here is what is the, what is the broadcast TV deal going to be? Where we'll be able to watch it. And let's know going in that the previous commissioner, Larry Scott had kind of bungled around with the PAC 12 network and who could see it. Yes. Large portions of their fans, including the ones who live here in Southern California, where, by the way, the two schools now are not going to be Pac-12 schools, yes. couldn't see it, couldn't access it, even if you wanted to. Um, so now, and we've known this for a little while, whether it was going to be Amazon or Apple, but Apple had been a legit factor in this. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, who else is going to pick it up? I think, you know, it's a diminished brand because of no USC, no UCLA, especially the no USC part. So you're taking your flagship schools out um, and Dion's taking Colorado. Out yeah, too, right? I mean, we can get to that in a second because, like, Colorado has been dreadful for most of the last 20 years. I think I heard Dan Lanning say something like that. Yeah, right? and Dan Lanning was not wrong, right? <laughs> so they're going to be, so this year, look, my, my network, Fox, we are going to be at Dion's first two games. Um, two years from now, you know, like after the 2024 season, mm hmm. I don't would not be surprised if Deion Sanders is not the head coach of Colorado. I just don't think he's going to be there that long. It'll either go really well. They were horrible before, so he goes from one win last year to maybe four or five this year, and then maybe to eight or nine, and then I think he goes to a bigger school. Or it will not work out at all, and they will be all at odds, because I think there's a lot of stuff that has the potential to create a lot of friction there in terms of how things are running, and if it doesn't go great, um, then I think they go in a different direction. I just don't see Deion Sanders, you know, like all of a sudden turning into, um, a, you know, Kirk Ferentz of Boulder and being there for, t- for two generations. I think if it, if it goes well, he will get poached out of there at a place with a much better recruiting base and a place that feels like a better fit. And then all of a sudden, all right, like if you're, if you're the PAC 12 and I just, I feel like they have San Diego state on the hook right now, if they want to replace, Colorado, let's hold off on Arizona or Arizona State or even Arizona State, Utah, whatever there. But if you told me it was a trade between you get you get San Diego State and you lose Colorado for the Pac-12, I think that's actually a win because right now you have no schools in, in Southern California. Uh, San Diego State has a new stadium. They've had a strong football program. They've actually been better than Colorado has in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they're much better in basketball right now, right? They only, you know They were in the final four last year. So I think, again, it gives them the Southern California market. Colorado doesn't have, like, deep roots in the Pac-12 No, I either. think Colorado in the Big 12 is a better fit. It is a better fit. Now, the question is, Arizona, who, by the way, has not been very good. Like, Jetfish has done a nice job taking them from horrible to respectable, and we feel like they're going to probably take another step forward. They're recruiting well. They, from everything I've heard, wanted to be as patient as possible with the Pac-12. And, hey, what do we got? What do we got? I don't know if their their patience has run out or if they're getting jumpy feeling like, hey, the Big 12 may only have 14. And if we don't take it and Utah swoops in, which I don't know, Utah has been very loyal and, and their leadership has, has, has kind of diffused a lot of this stuff. But I think right now people are thinking all bets are off. Is Apple 
um, coming in with a deal that appears to be subscriber-based and paying yeah, out and money, so that- something that is member schools would say, okay, we're good, or, or just everyone runs for the hills. Everyone expects Oregon at some point to join the Big Ten if Big Ten expands. If Oregon and Washington, like if you told me that the Pac-12, you know, a month from now, and I'm not talking about for the 2024, 2023 season, because obviously yes. the USC and UCLA and Colorado are going to be in this year. Yes, sir. But if you told me going forward that they were able to keep Utah, Washington, and Oregon, I would say, you know what, they're in pretty good shape. Because those three schools, and certainly Washington and Oregon, are bigger football brands than anything the Big 12 has right now. No matter what. With Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma are going to be gone after this year. But once they they leave, those are bigger than Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, um, Texas Tech. I mean, they just are. Is it legit to say what does Phil Knight want? Phil Knight desperately wants a national title before Phil Knight's not around. I just want to say, that, well, so. we know that. But, but, but I'm also, just saying, but is he, does he have some sort of uh, influence as to what's sure going to happen? Influence. I'm sure he has influence certainly what Oregon's going to do. I just don't know, you know, is there a huge difference between $31 million per school and $25 million per school? It's a, it's a big difference, but is it like enough to make them go, all right, we're going to, we're going to, you got to go down this road here now of we're playing all our schools that are largely in the same footprint that we've known for generations, as mm-hmm. opposed to now we're going to play in the same league where there's an, a team from Orlando, a team from Cincinnati, a team from Morgantown, West Virginia. But even beyond the, the newer schools, there's also teams, you know, it's not, it's like, it's not that easy for them to, to get to Lubbock. It's not that easy for them to go to Ames. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's a lot further along. Like when I hear people talking, we had this discussion on our podcast mm-hmm. um, earlier this week about the a possible like merger between the, with, you know, with the ACC trying to poach um, Washington and Oregon. I was like, look at a map, you know, like <laughs> the, the furthest West school is Pitt and you got, you can't get further away from Seattle to University of Miami or, or Oregon to Tallahassee. Is it the Pacific Coast division of the Atlantic Coast? Like Conference? at least, the, at least mean, with, with the Big Ten, there's a lot up? of schools that are not on the Eastern time no, zone, I, right? That's true. And it's, so you got one in pretty much every time zone. Yeah, right and you're now. talking about other sports. You're not just talking. This isn't just a football only thing. I know, right? Yeah. And so and in volleyball um, and hoops and yeah, it just feels like there's just wild speculation going on all over the place, and I'm not sure how much. How much, not sanity, but how much like, okay, let's think about this. How does this really work? Because for the LA schools to go to the Big Ten, Big Ten is huge money. These other leagues we're talking about are are fractional compared to that. And if you, you know, like if people sit there and think, okay, the ACC is going to add, even if they did add Washington and Oregon to what they have, there's nobody in the ACC that has the TV poll of Ohio State or Michigan. Dude, it's not even close. We all know. Look, and I, you know, UCLA um, best get their fan base fired up because the Rose Bowl, the way it frequently looks, with all due respect to that program, that when Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin and Michigan and State, State and Penn State come visiting, it's going to be, you know, it's going to, they're going to have, they, they, they best get their silent snap count working. When they're when they're practicing in Westwood, and and that wouldn't happen, you know. And I I know I'm being biased when it comes to this. 
if if UCLA or USC had moved to the the Big Twelve. I mean, it's just it's just you know there are fan bases that are very passionate or what have you. But I understand the move that they made. Um, the few minutes I have left with you here, Bruce Feldman, you were going to do a piece on Jim Harbaugh, right? No, I was going to do a piece. The the, the angle of the piece was: yes. Does Michigan have enough quote unquote talent yes. as the recruiting people? define it for five-star guys to win a national title. Okay. I started working on that, talking to, you know, the Todd Blackledges, Joel Klatt, Jim Nagy, people who've really studied the roster of this team. Okay, and that was and your, that was your that was angle, premise, if you were yes. going in. Then I also asked some of the Michigan players and got with Jim Harbaugh, and... This was at the Big Ten This week? was at, in Indianapolis. and okay. spent a bunch of time around the Michigan guys. I still did the, you know, the piece has all of the other stuff in there, but Jim Harbaugh gave it a different headline because he was like, I bet we break their record. And they was Georgia and they had had 15 players drafted, as you know, a year and a half ago. He thinks this team will have 20 players drafted. And it's a, it's a huge number, obviously. Um, and he kind of started rattling off the list and some of which, you know, Nagy, who does, you know, the senior bowl and, all, and is, runs it was like, yeah, we have seven Michigan, you know, basically senior offensive linemen who we think are definitely on our radar. Mm -hmm. And now whether all those guys get drafted or four of them get drafted, um, even if four of them get drafted and the rest of the guys Jim was talking about, that still breaks the record, you know, handily. So what was the question that elicited that answer? Do you remember? Because um, he also said that they can beat Georgia this year. With well, yeah, that kids. was a, that was a separate. So somebody oh, else a separate soundbite. So this that came up like a couple of like two months ago. There was okay. somebody I was talking to who was connected at Michigan and told me about the beat Georgia period. Yes, that's right. You know, we'd reported all about this like beat Ohio period, how it changed everything when Jim Harbaugh implemented the beat Ohio. State period, but they well, call it beat Ohio. Yeah, they do. I know. I had people going. <laughs> they don't play Ohio. I was like, yeah, you don't understand what they do. Um, it's a derogatory yeah, term. Yeah. So um, that got a lot of traction. That little beat Georgia period, and then so when I saw some of these guys, uh, Mike Sanders still was the first guy, the defensive back that I had talked to. Kind of was like, okay, this is a lot. I was like, what is it? And he said, well, it's a lot of heavy personnel. It's 12 and 13 personnel. This and is the beat Georgia this period. This is the beat Georgia period. And then when I talked to Harbaugh about it, he said, you know, they all use the same old Ric Flair line, to be, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And <laughs> to beat the man, you got to beat the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And so into, the, into that, he said, well, I said, well, how is it different from the beat Ohio period? He goes, well, this is 11 on 11, not nine on seven. And I think it's just another way to frame and focus them, which is very different from what I, the people inside the program had told me a few years ago where Jim had come back from the NFL and it was almost like a nameless, faceless opponent. Now he's putting, he's putting, you know, faces and, and devil horns pretty much on, on these opponents. Well, now. by the way, I love it because I'll be honest with you. When I first arrived on the campus at the university of Michigan in 1986, when Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback and Jumbo Elliott was his protector, um, and everybody in my dorm and all the Michigan people I, I had met who had been Michigan Wolverine fans since they were, as Warren Sapp would say, knee-high to a jackrabbit. And I had just surfed in from New York City, started rooting for Michigan. And everybody's talking about the Rose Bowl. And we got to get to the Rose Bowl. And I thought to myself, why? I thought championships are the reason why you're doing this. Nobody, when I got to campus, honestly, it was all just beat Ohio, 
win the Rose Bowl. That's it. I'm like, what about the national championship? And they would kind of like blink at me like, what are you talking about? It's about the Rose Bowl. And so I kind of dig somebody who's from that era mm-hmm. of beat Ohio, win the Rose Bowl, is now talking about the bigger prize. That's what it is in the 21st century. If you're going to go for four and five star recruits, you got to have that attitude, right? Even yeah. though Georgia folk like Brockman across the way and others are like, get out of here. Do you do you recall the Orange Bowl? Do you do you recall not making it to avenge that Orange Bowl loss last year because TCU beat you? Like that's the response. And I I I kind of dig that. Yeah, let's have a beat Georgia period. So what? So what? Well, Let's I think the, the players he has, you know, Sandra still is this great leader. I mean, it's funny because you look at him. He's one of the few three stars who are starting for them. Yes. And he's a, he's by all, you know. He's a convert. Well, but he's a smaller guy. Oh, yes. Right. And he's not yeah. very big. He's a hell of a player and he's a really good leader. But he talked, you know, the way I ended the story we did on The Athletic this week was him talking about we can't take anything for granted. And he kind of walked you through why, and no disrespect to TCU, but they did not prepare the way probably they know they needed to prepare, and that can't happen again. And so I think there's two things that are different that they have to hope work out. Well, one is one of those five-star guys that they do have, J.J. McCarthy, didn't play when they played George. He wasn't the starter. Cade McNamara obviously was. Yeah. Um, J.J. is really, really gifted. And we saw that certainly against Ohio State when when the backfield, there was almost no Blake Corum. He played, but just, you know. For a brief bit, two cup plays. of coffee. Yeah, and, and even though Donovan Edwards had two great runs, he was also playing injured in the game as mm-hmm. well, or playing hurt. And McCarthy made big plays. And so, you know, Jake Butt, who obviously played for Michigan, but has He's called big, a couple of their games. Was like, Ten Network too, yeah. we oh. got to see him, you know, in games, even though they know they're going to win, give him a chance to... So it's not just in case of break glass, we need you to be Superman. We need to see more of that because it's in him. And I think what I kind of focused in a little bit on this story was the four teams that have won national titles in the last dozen years without, with similar ranked talent, which is not like what the way Georgia and Alabama and even Ohio State have, have recruited, mm-hmm. that one were uh, 20, uh, you know, a dozen years ago, Auburn with Cam Newton, uh, Florida State when they had Jameis, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, and then Joe Burrow with LSU. They had talent, but not like the talent we're talking about these other schools. Well, what they do have in common is all four of those quarterbacks were elite college quarterbacks. Two of them, Joe Burrow and Cam Newton, are the greatest college quarterbacks I've ever seen, like in terms of what they did. Cam Newton was Superman. That team was not very talented by the recruiting rank, by any metrics. It was Cam and Nick Fairley, and by the way, Nick Fairley was a th- was a three-star coming out of high school. If J.J. McCarthy plays like the, you know, all the people who are evaluating him think he has that talent, I do think they can win a national title because they have really good leadership. They have obviously a terrific offensive line. They have dynamic running backs. I think, you know, they've had some of these other guys blossom. Chris Jenkins, whose dad, you know, former NFL star, mm-hmm. he was a three-star guy. He was 240 pounds when he went to Michigan. He's 302, and Jim Harbaugh told me, he goes, I think he'll be a top 10 pick. You know, he is the kind of guy that Georgia and Alabama are playing with. That's now, right. they don't have eight of him, but they do have a few. <laughs> like, have, like Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, right, but, right. Um, okay. you know, and it helps them that this is the year where the three most talented teams, quote-unquote, are starting 
first new quarterbacks, quarterbacks, and two of them were the top of the draft, and the third guy, they're going to probably build a statue of him in Athens. That's true. Bruce, appreciate the time. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to have you back in before the season starts and you're on a plane every single week and yeah, all that good stuff. every week. All right. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you so much. That is Bruce Feldman. Everyone, where, where can people get your podcast? We're all, it's uh, just go to the Audible and download it on anywhere you can anywhere get podcasts. Can get yeah. Very good. Uh, and check him out uh, on uh, Twitter. Brockman refuses to let me call it X. Twitter. Okay. And uh, on Fox Sports and The Athletic as well. Bruce Feldman here on The Rich Eisen Show. Nate Boyer still to come. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I also love the story that you've told, and if you wouldn't mind uh, telling the audience here as well, uh, at the Combine, when you would be pulled into rooms, <laughs> and, and you didn't know which room you were being pulled into by which Yeah, room. yeah, I was, I was, I was, you know, it had come back in, not, back in that day, everybody yeah. was reaching for it, agents was in the hotel, yeah. everybody was everybody. It now went, it now went, it's all it, scheduled. Yeah. It now was you scheduled know. structure, you can't be in a hotel, you can't be on the premises, then it was everything was wild, so I'm backing away from crowds and people trying to grab me, and I backed into this room, and the Giants was there, and it was the Giants room, and they had people sitting down taking these Test. What do they call these things? Oh, yeah, like the psychology yeah, test, right? I mean, the thing was that thick, man. And they, I sat down, and they gave me this thing. And what is this? They say, it's this test, and, you know, we need you to take it. I said, oh, what picker do you have? It's like the 10th. I said, oh, I'd be, I'd be going for it then. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be walking out. <laughs> I'd be going. I'd be way going for then. And And then let's just get into it here. I mean, Belichick said he watched you run the 40 at the combine. And that you ran it and then ran into the tunnel. And is it true? That's not true. Okay. You did not run into a waiting car and being taken no, to the airport no, right then and there. No, because I had more interviews and all of that. No. That that story just grows and it grows. Does. It's so like yeah, a fish yeah, story. It is. It is. It, that's not true. I did everything that I was asked to do. Now, I didn't lift. I ain't do none of that because Jerry Rice to this day had laid across my arms and had me bench pressing. You know, I, I don't know where that comes from. I love that you say that when, when you're watching the defensive backs going up the that. weight and reps of 225 struggling to get a fifth one up. You're when not. have you ever said, man, well, if that guy would have got one more rep, he'd have been there on that play. <laughs> Never! Of the three-cone drill. Like, not, this has nothing to do with nothing. So I didn't do any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, it all worked out. Yeah. That's the head coach of Colorado oh, yeah. Buffalo's football right now. Back in the day, Ronald, here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. All right. Um, so, what did you make of what uh, Bruce was just talking about? It's <laughs> just so much to make of it. I think that college football is just the Wild West now. You can just, it's nuts. It's you can nuts. Just kinda, any player can go anywhere for any price, really. It's, you know, kind of whoever's got the most money can have the best team. I totally understand why some coaches have a problem with that because they want some certainty. I'm going to give you a scholarship and schools then, institutions of higher learning, school presidents, 
take it very seriously when you give somebody a free pass to come to your school in exchange for their athletic abilities. And then that player just gets up and leaves. And I'm sure coaches and school presidents are like, what's up with that? And the pushback is, well, you head coach, you can leave at any time you want. I mean, what a perfect example for Bruce Feldman to point out Tommy Tuberville coming up with some legislation where it requires a player to have to stay at some school for three years. And it's like, hey, bro, you left Texas Tech to go to Cincinnati in the middle of a recruiting visit. Who the hell are you to sit there and require someone to have to stay at a certain spot mm-hmm. for a while? And that's the whole point. It's just like, well, if they're not employees, and kids keep saying, you even heard Greg Sankey say, the kids don't want to be employees of the school. That's not what they want. They just want, like, if you're going to put my name on your on a jersey, I should get a cut. I should get a piece. I should be able to put my own face in a jersey and sell it. I should be able to, you know, become a, a spokesman or spokeswoman, spokesperson for, you know, Buddy Garrity Chevrolet. The problem is, is that when Buddy Garrity then then comes in and says, here's, you know, half a million dollars, just show up to my my Chevrolet spot for one time and you get the rest, you know, and then all of a sudden that kid doesn't get the rest because he's not playing anymore. And suddenly it's like, where's my money? I'm sure that's happening. You know, I'm sure these things are happening is that there's no protection for the player who's been receiving the offer. And there's no protection for the player who receives the offer to go to a school that their playing time is going to actually happen. In, in the pros, if you pay somebody for a contract, you know, you pay somebody for their services, and, you know, you're not going to bench that player. Um, you're going to give that player as much time as possible, right? Because of what the salary he or she is earning. That's usually what happens. Like, hey, boy, that'll be awful tough to bench somebody. Like, the Yankees aren't benching Anthony Rizzo right now because he's making all that cash, and plus there's past performance and things of that nature. But if it's not the school's money and it's somebody who's, you know, who has for some reason a million dollars to spend on some 18-year-old because you want your school to win – by the way, I could could you imagine I ever, ever come home and say to Suze, yeah, there's less money in our account. Why? Because I gave it to somebody because he's a really good left tackle. But people have enough that's money what, to burn that they can happening. do that. Yeah, that's what's happening. And so then suddenly you're a all coach and it's just like, I don't care that that kid's yeah. got, you know, all that stuff. And then I, he ain't playing. And then suddenly kid transfers and then dude who's like spending a million dollars on a left tackle. Suddenly, he's not going to pay the rest. Wait, Rich. You know anything that happens? Are you saying that we should offer an NIL deal to someone? Because well, I, I think that we should. We well, should have as our you own know, we did the, we we did the glue thing no, for you. Yeah, that was glue. I'm talking about Rich that was. Eisen specific. Oh, God. No, I'm out of that business, sir. I think it would be great. Get a player we all can root I'm for. I'm just saying there needs to be protections for the players. And I'm sure there's some people, well, what about protection for the schools? You're the ones who tell a kid to come to a school and play for this coach, and coach says, I'm out. In the middle of a recruiting dinner? I'm out. Protections from the schools that all have billion-dollar dowries. Like, shut up. Not all of them. Not all of them do. The good ones. The ones that matter in college football do. So, 
uh, I, I don't know. And again, I told you the, the way to the way to police it is to just get a much smaller group of universities that have similar issues and concerns. Super get League. it together. Super League. But as Bruce pointed out, you got the SEC right now being run by a terrific commissioner with a, you know, a lot of respect and a serious power structure, and they're poaching like crazy. One guy coming in the day after season's over saying, I got six figures, match it or I'm out. I'm like, oh, there's a door. Huh. Nate Boyer, hour number three, and which team has the best chance to go from worst to first in the NFL? So. It's going to be a fun college football season. Well, I mean, sure. I, 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 you know, I mean, for sure, yeah. This is the is this sure. the last one with four teams in the playoffs? Right. And then yes. the next one starts next year. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. Last year of Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big Twelve. Yep. Last year U- of USC, USC and UCLA, UCLA and the Pac twelve. Pac twelve. So yeah. It's all coming. This is kind of the last oh, of college yeah. football, kind of as we currently know it. Bro, Michigan at USC. Oh, it's gonna be insane. That's gonna be wild. Oh yeah. Get your tickets now. Oh yeah. It'll be insane. Oh, my God. I think we should do the show from the Coliseum on Friday before that week. Well, sure. Let's make plans. <laughs> we should. You want to do the site survey for him? Absolutely. Yeah, right. me and Brockman will go. Yeah. It's a good bar right across. The- Is there really? We can get lunch there. Is that right? You know it about actually- it? Uh, that's, a, that's my oh, hood. Uh, how did uh, how did you, did your appliance arrive yesterday? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have been here for ten o'clock if the guys that came to deliver it nah. didn't say we can't put this new one in; it won't fit. And at the oh. same time, say we're not going to remove your old one. Hold on a minute. Okay, oh, we're up this, against the end of the hour. Place. I need to hear. Send a picture. Send the picture to Hoskins. I will. I'll send the picture. Come on. Or there's a photograph of the new one. Of course. Come on. My, he shows me a photo. Hey, look at this. I mean, and oh, then the guy came in. I have questions. And you've got answers. And Bill Belichick was asked about Barbie or Oppenheimer on NFL Network today. That's still to come next hour. <laughs> 